Just receive God's healing. Receive the trust of the Lord. Receive his entrustment into you to believe and to trust him again. To sign up to believe. Yes, Lord. Oh, heal our hearts, Lord. yes and amen unto the glory operating through us. I believe you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. With my life, my life is yours, Lord. My family's life is yours, Lord. My spouse's life is yours, Lord. My children, my grandchildren, they're yours, Lord. I transfer all my trust over to you, Lord.
Isaiah 43:18. Don't remember the earlier events and don't recall the former events of your life. Look. Listen, there has to be a letting go of the past. Don't remember, he says. For some of us, our past has been extremely jaded. It's come with all kind of toils and problems. And he's saying this morning, I want you to let it go. I want you to let go of the former events. Look, just look at me. Listen. I'm about to do something new. And now it begins to happen. Now. Right now. Well, Carol, what about tomorrow? Tomorrow is a new now. What about the next day? It's another new now. So it's not where I've been or there I'm going. It's right here I am. Here I am, Lord. Send me out, out into you. Look, he says. Yeah, but I've been disappointed. Okay? Yeah, we're not into denial. No, but we're saying that here now. Now I'm going to trust the Lord with your word, what your word says. Now it begins. Now. Now. Right now. Right now. It begins to happen now. Do you not recognize it? Yeah, I'm having a little a bit of a time recognizing it. It's a question. Do you recognize it? Remember the prophet, he said, look. Go look for the cloud. Rain is coming. Go look for it. I don't see it. See, it's a posture of the human heart that says, I believe you for the now. I don't see it yet. No, but I'm trusting you right now. This is how the release of the Spirit works. It's a now reality. Yeah, but I don't see it. You're not... I don't, do you recognize it? Well, maybe not yet, but I'm going to trust you for now. And what happens, you'll move in, you'll move across this reality into him. And the reality becomes your reality. It's resurrection life is the new. I don't see it yet. Go look again. Because your heart is postured to believe. Look, look. Hold your bridegroom coming. I've already attained. I've attained now. This is the standard of the gospel. It's a now reality. I'm going to make your desert into a path in the wilderness. Make a path in the wilderness for you. There doesn't seem to be a way out, Carol. Yes, now there is. So when we praise, when Stephen leads us in praise, that's what we go crazy for in praise because we actually believe in the transfer of heaven to earth. 
And I praise you, Lord, because I know this is a reality. And I know it is right now. world away and still not far like fabric woven into ours a 
the dawn that shot up through the night. The day is coming soon. The kingdom of the morning star can pierce a cold and stony heart, and its grace went through me like a sword. And came out like a song And now I'm just waiting for the day In the shadows of the dawn But I won't wait Resting my bones I'll take these foolishness roads of grace run towards the dawn and when I rise dawn turns to day I'll shine as bright as the sun and these roads that I run will be wide Listen for the song Until then Waiting for the day In the shadows of the dawn In the shadows of the dawn You're calling all your sons Believe it's day to believe it's day to walk these foolish roads by faith and believe it's day and I will stand by you in the daylight and I will come out of darkness. Bring 
sitting over here and um, I suddenly became aware, actually when um, Stephen's wife walked over to my wife and shared something with her, I saw immediately uh, angels that were assigned to different people. I don't know why. He's talking to her and made me see that. But um, And the Lord said, when Carol calls you, um, just trust that I'll give you the word when you walk up there. And then a minute later, Carol motioned to me to come up. So I didn't know what I was going to say, but now I do. Um, so the word is I want to share is shadow casting. It's kind of a strange word, but the law casts a shadow. So when we're trying really hard in those areas of our lives that we feel deficit or we feel lack and we're trying to make up for that or we're trying hard, you know, according to like what's right, I really want to do this right. I really don't want to keep doing this or that and we rely on our ability or our efforts or the law, which is so good, and we all have different versions of the law that we hold dear, right? Um, it actually casts a shadow in that area of our life. It's a shadow that haunts us, that we can't get out of because we're not actually relying on Christ, we're relying on the law or our own ability. We don't even really know we do it, right? Because we love the law love God's ways. But this is a different shadow I wanted to read. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. So this is the deal. Instead of trying to do the law thing, it's a, it's a matter of learning to dwell in that which is higher, the rock that is higher. It's this strange striving to enter the place of rest. It's this interesting uh, trying. That's not the same as trying according to the law. It's, it's, it's pursuing God, knowing that he's pursuing you more than, he's, than you're pursuing him, and is finding that place of rest in those very areas. And here's the thing, where X marks the spot. Wherever it is that we have the most struggle and the most striving and the most hurt and the most pain and the most, like, I can never get out of this. That's the very area where God wants to cast his shadow. That's the area where we have to find the most high. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow. This is where we find the might to overcome the shadow of the almighty it's not in abiding in the shadow to find the might it's abiding in the most high where we find his shadow cast and his might is given in those areas where we need him the most so whatever the areas are the angels are assigned that's why i was seeing this whatever the angels are assigning with right now wherever you are and god's saying i'm giving you my presence Okay, I'm, I'm bringing you my angel to help you abide or, or, or dwell in the shelter of the Most High. Whatever that area is, as bad as it is, that's actually the area where God wants to be the most. 
place of shadows, the place where destiny is born. Listen to this. The angel came to her and said, Greetings. Greetings, favored one. First of all, can you receive that? The one whom God delights in is you. He comes with a greeting. It's not retribution. It's not indifference to you. It's a greeting. He comes with a smile on his face when he sees you. He says, greetings. You're favored. The place of shadow always is like this. I like you a lot. Be yourself. Be okay with you. This is the one thing I love about the Lord. He likes you exactly where you're at right now, the way you are. And he would come with a, a joy of exuberance when he runs into you. I like you. And you know what I say about you? The Lord would say to you is, I say you're under favor. My circumstance isn't telling me that, Lord. Stop looking at that and look at me right now. Look at him. I come with a new message to you. I like you. I like you just the way you are. Yeah, but I'm weak, Lord. I like you in your weakness. I've been strong, Lord. I've tried to do it my own way. I like you and, and I like you when you're messing up. No, no, no. Nobody else does. I do. I like you. Actually, I love you. I'm saying I favor you. They don't, Lord. I do. <laughs> I thought you were here to correct me, Lord. Yeah, I would tell you, hey, go and sin no more. I would tell you that because I love you so much I wouldn't want you to. Yeah, I would tell you that. Oh, but I'm, I'm saying that in the shadow of God, he says this, look. It says, but she was greatly troubled by those words. How can it be true? It's troubling me. It's, I can't uh, pair reality, okay, with what you're saying about me. They don't seem to go hand in hand. What's the meaning of greeting me like this? You like me, but I've not been so likable, or I've not liked. I want to transmit this on to you. Every soul needs this experience every day. I love you. I like you. I'm not here to, like, straighten you out. I'm here because I love you. I love this about him. This is how his kindness leads us to repentance. It's like it woos me. Come and see the man who told me everything I ever have done wrong. <laughs> he liked me in the middle of five husbands later. He still likes me. 
come see him. He, he's wanting to give me something I don't deserve. Come and see him. I didn't deserve this, and he still is head over heels for me. Every human soul wants to experience it. Not the looking down, you failed again. You did it wrong again. No. No, I'm coming to overshadow you with this reality. One greatly favored in me. But can we receive the favor of God? Yes, I'll, I'll take all your favor, Lord. I'll take being liked because I've been unliked so much. I'll take being liked. And the angel of the Lord says this, do not be afraid. I like you. I love you. Let all fear go. Let all your trembling go. Let all your chaos go. I am for you. Oh, gentle Holy Spirit is like this. You found favor with God, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me. You're going to become pregnant with destiny. You have a destiny that's laid inside of you. Become pregnant with destiny built out of delight. Right now? Yeah, right now. They said this about me, though, Lord. The enemy's assaulting me every day. It's not my idea. <laughs> it's not my perspective. Listen, you're going to become pregnant with the son, and you'll name him Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called Son of the Most High. You're going to call him that too. The Lord will give him the house of his father David. What does that mean? Royalty. Your royal family. My situation don't look royal. You are royal. You know, you've heard me say it a lot of time. Let go of the blues and the reds. You're purple. I don't want their economy, I don't want their politician politics, and I don't want their religion. I don't want it. I want you. For your sake alone, Jesus, I want you. Yeah. You're most high. You're above every mountain, seven mountains. You're above every capacity, every hill. Everything will be brought low, everything. Everything that has been exalted will be brought low and everything that's been low will be exalted because you. No other, no other, no other but the man Jesus. No other. The one most high, El Elyon. Now we have, some, we have someone we can exalt in. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will be everlasting. Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I have no relations with a man? It's always impossible. Your destiny is impossible. 
You can't do it. I can't do it. No one can do it but God. The Holy Spirit's coming on you. He's going to fill you. He's going to baptize you with fire. He's going to overshadow you. What power is going to come down on you and overshadow you? This child that is coming forth is holy. This destiny that I've called you to is holy, holy. It comes from him, the very son of God. In another translation, Mary will say something, and I, and I, I, I don't tell you to say this, but I ask you that you would. Be it done unto me. According to your word unto me not something I can do not something I can't do be it done unto me according to your word can you say that to the Lord let my destiny be according to your word I receive the destiny of the son I receive the power of the Holy Ghost done unto me the destiny that's born in me to manifest your glory Lord welcome to the overshadow birth destiny Lord and everyone here and everyone outside of here the birth the destiny of reality According to your word, Lord. According to your word, your particular word. Your unique word over every life under the sound of my voice. Let destiny be born. Let it be empowered, Lord. According to your word. Brooding across the water. What appeared to be blank slate, nothing. God out of nothing creates something. Let that seed come forth. According to you, Lord. Receive the engrafted word of the Lord.
Amen. Amen. If you'd like to be seated, you can be, or you can stand. Amen. Well, I'm going to jump right into the text so we, we can get in there. I know we've enjoyed a wonderful time with the Lord, and I wanted to get into Philippians chapter 3 this morning and then set a, a, um, a, another context to the text that we've been in. Uh, over the last few weeks out of Philippians 3. And um, Lord, we just ask you this morning in the preaching of this word that it would just penetrate our hearts and bring real transformation, real life into us as we receive your word and graft it into us. And may the reality of your word become uh, real to us. And the communication of this word, may it just penetrate our mindset, our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. As many of you know, and if you've not been with us, we've been in Philippians 3, uh, going through really since uh, Resurrection Sunday uh, about four weeks ago. And if you want to go back and listen to some of our, uh, the, the song of the Lord and the messages, you can go on our uh, SoundCloud app. I have a SoundCloud app, and you can go in there and uh, engage that app. At The name of it is Galactic Progeny which basically means the heavenly sons and daughters. But uh, Galactic, with a, it has two C's in it, uh, progeny. So if you go on um, the SoundCloud app, you can go in and listen to that. And uh, it's been really cool. I'd, when Henry and I began this together, I'd, I'd never imagined it would be in, I don't know, 70, 100 nations right now. But the, So let, let's go back. And last week, I had backed up to give even a, a, a context to the text that we've been in. And, you know, you've heard me say any text without a context is a pretext. The idea behind that is if there's not a storyline behind normally what's going on in our life, if it's just up in the air, it doesn't relate. And every one of us have a story. And so when Paul is introducing even his material in Philippians, there's a storyline that's laying the uh, perspective in place behind what he's saying. And what happened with us is I had entered into Philippians 3.10 all the way to the end of Philippians over a couple weeks, and then the Lord's like back out of the story a little bit, and then today we're going to back out of it even more and give a broader view of the storyline. You know what I mean, how someone can get to know you on a, hey, how you doing, what's the weather like, who won the game last week, whatever, and then you get to know them a little bit more, and they begin to tell you a little bit more of their story, or you tell them a little bit more, and now it expands a little bit, and as you know, in a storyline like that, if there's normally in relationships, and I'm sure y'all have seen this happen, if you're going to go deeper with someone, there's normally this barrier you have to cross. Y'all notice that? You know what I mean? That, okay, our relationship comes up to a point, and then you feel a tension in it sometimes, or just some kind of uneasiness, and for you to cross into a deeper relationship with another person that barrier has to be, or you don't have to cross it. So you can have like relationships with people and be like, that's the extent of the relationship. But if I'm going to go deeper in this relationship, I'm going to go deeper into their story and they're going to come deeper into mine. And, and a lot of times with that, there's a vulnerability, right? You're going to become more vulnerable, more seen, more exposed. And the question always is, will they still like me if I go deeper in this relationship? You know, I don't, I don't know, and it, you run a risk. And, um, and I, I would suggest that, you know, you've heard this adage, 
it's better to risk love than not to risk, to, to risk nothing. It's, it's better for you to go all, all the way in. Now, I've also found that if, if you can, like Mary is learning, we hear today, but if you can love who you are because you know you're loved, you can be fully exposed without shame and without guilt. That means someone can say something off to you or hurt you, and it just is like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus was fully exposed at the cross, and when he doesn't want to be celebrated, everybody sees him. In Bethlehem, when he should be celebrated, hardly anybody knows. To be known by God, you need a Bethlehem encounter and a Jerusalem I mean, to be known in the sense that I'm okay with needing to be celebrated and being unknown. I'm also okay with being fully exposed when I don't want anybody else to know and everybody knows. That's to be known. If you allow yourself to travel deep into that, you come into who you are. And then you can say, like we're saying, this, here I am. I've come to do your will, the will that is written in a scroll about me. And then it's okay if someone says something off to you, you can forgive them. You don't let a root of bitterness rise up in you. You don't have to put in protections and grids all around your life because you're free. You're celebrated by him because to be really known is to be known by God. And so in, in that way, when we're looking at expanding context or narrative story, which is very important in our life, God wants to expand the narrative, and that's what he's doing in the uh, preaching this morning. Is I'm entered into Paul's narrative in Philippians 3 that he's telling. Then last week I expand out of that narrative. I'm going to expand even more into it this morning. So if you'll look with me for just a touchstone from last week, Philippians 3, 6. In my zeal for God, I persecuted the church. According to righteousness stipulated in the law, I was blameless. But these uh, assets I have come to regard as liabilities because of Christ. Paul was saying that the whole entire law, I keep it perfectly. <laughs> This guy, he's either super arrogant or he's telling the truth, or he's a liar. I think that he's possibly telling the truth. According to what he can measure, according to the law, he had kept everything in his consciousness before God righteous. And I, I want you to see this. Paul says, that's a liability. Anybody know what liabilities are? Anybody ever run a balance sheet? I bet you run one, some of us run them every day, some of us run them at the end of the week, some of us don't even run them. <laughs> it's just, it don't look good, or it looks really good and we're not supposed to look at it. But there's a liability in the sense that you're in the red, uh, you're in debt. Paul's saying that even if I kept all the, all the laws, what uh, Jeff was mentioning this morning, even if the whole shadow of the law was to manifest itself out of me, I would consider my whole life in the red. This means that he would be saying, I have the perfect character. How many of us know that having great character solves a lot of relational problems? 
When character's bad, it creates problems. And, and Paul knows that. We know that in relationship, if someone around us chooses herself all the time and uses up all of what I got, it, it wears us out. We, we're like, God, give them better character. Help them to obey the 613 laws. But we don't know that we're doing this. We don't know that we, actually what we're getting about is a liability. And we can create these liabilities for ourselves or for other people around us, and we create a whole system of getting in the red. And I'll tell you the truth. I believe it does show up in our finances. It's because if, if you make a judgment on someone else, you'll be what? Well, hey, Paul's saying this, and I mean, he is really making, I mean, a point here. I don't want you to be in a liability like me. I'm the guy that kept it all right. You're the people that don't. <laughs> I mean, hey, not me. I, I can't keep 372 of those things. I mean, I can't keep them all. They're like, if you tried to be like, okay, all right, did I do that right? Did I do that right? Someone else's perspective. Was that perspective right? Was that you wear yourself out trying to keep all of them. And I don't think any of us were born with a perfect law-keeping capacity, were we? Hey, let's all be honest. And Paul's saying, even if I could, again, it's a what? A liability. Well, now what do we do? Listen to what Paul says. He said, even in that, I was persecuting the church. <laughs> Y'all found out that going to church sometimes are some of the worst experiences we've ever had. I grew up in some of that. I was like, church people are more mean than the world was. Everybody's holding each other at a liability. <laughs> they didn't do that, and they didn't put the right carpet in, they didn't make the right pew, and they didn't take that upright, and they don't like, and they didn't look at me, and you know, it's all liability. Hey, I know, I know all of us want to live in the black, in the asset, right? I want to live in the pause. I want to live. I want to live in uh, the black. So what does he say? How, how do I? How do I do this? He says, if I'm regarding all things as liabilities compared to one thing, the greater, the greater value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. I've changed my whole valuation system. My value system now is to know him. My value system isn't my finances. My value system isn't my relationships. My value system isn't my health. My value system isn't my perspective, my education. My value system is one, namely the man Jesus Christ, and he is, I love this, Lord. He's in charge. You know what Lord means? It means he's the boss. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm in control. You know what a lord is? They, they own you. Uh, I don't know if y'all know this. A king owns all the land and all the people and all their assets and all their liability. He owns everything. So instead of fighting with it, why don't we go ahead and just say, let's make this easy. The gospel is really simple. You're the lord. You're the man, Jesus Christ. You're my value system. You're my value person. Done. And Paul's fighting for this in the Christian church. He, he'll tell them in Galatians, hey, who bewitched you guys? 
You're going to turn back to Sinai when you can live on Zion? You're going to choose your own path according to the law when you could have him? You're going to choose the old when everything could be old. I say all things are brand new. No, 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 no. Quit doing that. Ah! You know, Paul's pulling the hair he didn't have out. That's why he was bald. <laughs> I just play. I don't know if he's bald or not. They say he was, but he's jerked all the hair out of his head. Stop, stop, stop doing it, church. Stop going back to justify yourself according to a rigid character transformation when you could just have him. Wait a minute. That's good news. I'm going to set you as my highest value. Everything else is a liability. Everything is a liability. I wake up in the morning, Jesus is Lord. I go to bed at night, Jesus is Lord. Now, I don't just say Jesus is Lord. No, 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 don't do that. Make Jesus Lord. What do you say today, Lord? I'll tell you, I hear this in people. I, I can tell you where people, I've been doing this a little while, just 12 years. And I can hear when somebody calls him God and when someone calls him Lord. Anybody else notice that? I hear the difference. He's, some people don't even call him his name. They reference him not as Lord. They reference him as what he's going to do for me. He's always referenced in his, oh, God this and God that. And I'm like, yes, he's God. But I don't hear Lord. I don't hear you saying that. I say Lord. You know, the Lord. Lord, that's some, I could have been, I, I want to say to people, which God are you serving? I mean, I, over there in other nations, they got like a million of those gods. How do, we, how do I know which God you're serving? I, want to, I like to hear. I recognize, Lord. I recognize this humility. I can't do it, Lord. Paul says that, <clears throat> moving on, he said, even I suffered the loss of all things. Don't talk like that. I'll run everybody out of here. <laughs> I don't want to lose everything. I don't want to lose it. I'm going to lose my reputation. Going to lose my identity. Might lose what I thought were assets. Might lose my name. Might lose your, my house. Might lose my land. Paul's not a fool, guys. If Paul is saying, I suffered the loss of all things, indeed, I regard them as dung. Paul has some kind of wisdom, I believe, that we need because if this is the path, then why fight it? Why keep on trying to put uh, safeguards around ourselves all the time, trying to protect our so-called asset when Christ himself is the asset? Why, why keep guarding? Why keep trying to hold on to things and manipulate things and trying to make them be what we want them to be when we could have him? Why keep justifying myself or yourself in front of someone else when he's everything why quit trying to convince someone else why not just let him be himself in you everything is worth losing for him I don't want to hear that well listen 
There's a wisdom in this. It comes from Christopher Robin. <laughs> How many of y'all seen that movie? I mentioned this before because I liked it so much. The end thing of that was a dad trying to take care of his family. And basically, long story short, he finds out that the very best of something comes from nothing. Uh, Jesus says that. Jesus says, I do nothing except what I see my father doing. Well, hey, Carol, if there's no, and this is what my assignment is this morning. I was woke up by the Lord this morning. If there is, if there is a philosophy in life that builds everything according to the law and says that we get this character right or we do this one thing right and I'll finally arrive, and that's one philosophy of life, and that that has tried to, that is pervasively in our culture everywhere. It's everywhere. It's, it, it, our whole culture is invaded with that. Whether people want to say it or not, even unbelievers are living like that every day. Then what characterizes us differently with that and how does it work if I'm going to live a gospel-centered life? If I'm going to live a life differently than that, what is it characterized by? And I, hopefully I can help you with this today. I, this is what the word woke me up on this morning. Help, help everybody. I need help. <laughs> if I'm going to go all for broke, if I'm going to run it all to zero, if I'm going to be willing to say I'm not going to hold on to anything except you, he said, I, I don't want anything else. I want my whole philosophy of life not to be comfort and pleasure. I want the whole philosophy of my life to gain Christ. So whether I'm at this job, whether I'm at, um, in a relationship, whether I'm not in a relationship, whether I'm in an education, whatever, whatever's going on, my whole entire pursuit, my whole philosophy of life is one thing. And God's not making this complicated for us. To gain Christ. He, that, is my philo that is my human philosophy. Okay? Because uh, the other philosophy is the law. And the other philosophy is get comfort and pleasure. That's human philosophy apart from God. The philosophy of God, though, is to gain Jesus. It's to go after him. You can go after him in everything of every day of your life, no matter what is going on in your life right now. You can set your whole philosophy of life. I want to know you. That's it. That's and I'm going to wait on you, and I'm going to do nothing except what I see you doing. That's it. That's my philosophy of life. It's that simple. I just want to be found in him. Hey, who knows when you're not in him? Uh, I didn't used to know. I'll be honest. I didn't know the difference. I could be, go long periods of not being in him because I was so into me. And then you come into worship and you experience God and you realize there is a fundamental difference between being in him and not in him, right? And you start to say, who is that old man? <laughs> I don't like you at all. And you, because you become in him more and more and more and the new and the new and the new and you realize that's not him, this is him. And Paul says 127 times that I may be found in him. That man is on a pursuit. 
I want to be in him. I don't know what you're experiencing in worship today. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I'm in you. You're in me. And this is so exciting. I love this. I want to do this every day, all day long, nonstop. You can't live like that and get anything done. Oh, you'll get more, you'll get more accomplished in him than you'll get outside of him. Don't let materialism and consumerism of this culture, like, get into your whole mindset. Reset, go to him, wait on him. More will be accomplished in him than will ever be accomplished. Out of the mechanism of toil. He says this, I had my own righteousness according to the law. What is the key word there? My own, two words, my own. I had my own. You know what that means? Settling? Separate? Yeah, I'm separate. It's about me. And ownership. I possess it. It's mine. For some of us, that might work out. You might be a decent person. For most of us, it does not work out. <laughs> my own righteousness looks pretty rough. Ask my wife. <laughs> it looks really bad, actually. You know, my own possessive me, my own deal, holding on, selfish, my stuff, my own righteousness. According to the law, that's what you get. You get what you are. Now listen, listen to this. He says, But because I have the righteousness that comes by the way of Christ's faithfulness. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love this. You mean I have a righteousness? Because of what you did, what you have done, what you are doing, that's my righteousness? Yes, right now. Too hard to believe. That's why the gospel is good news. If you confess your sins, he'll forgive them, he's faithful to, and cleanse you from some unrighteousness. Straighten me out. Straighten this preacher out. Oh, he didn't say some. He didn't say, well, your part good. No, when you, when you come before the Lord and you say, Lord, that is out of order. I repent and I make it right with someone else. You know what you are at that moment? Righteous. And that's the greatest progression of the human soul is in righteousness. If you want to advance and you're like, I don't seem to be getting anywhere. <laughs> confess, turn. Go to him, and you are, you're righteous. Now you're moving. Now you're going. Now you're new. You're brand new. You're, you're like a newborn baby. Just boom, it's time to go with it. Move on it. He said this righteousness comes by his faithfulness, not my faithfulness, not someone else's faithfulness. A righteousness from God that is, in fact, he says this again, based on Christ's faithfulness. It is fact. This is not a theory 
of atonement right here. This is a fact out of Scripture. I'm going to give it to you. I'm just going to what we call technically impute it to you and impart it to you daily. I'm going to give you my divine nature for where you don't come up to muster. I'm going to give you my nature. So Paul sets his aim in this. He says, that's my aim. That's my philosophy of life. I didn't perform so well. I performed amazingly. <laughs> I didn't perform so well. I am amazing. Well, that's what you get. You get your own amazement or your lack of amazement. <laughs> I'm pretty amazing. Yes, I am. I used to do that one a lot. I got, that didn't work. I went back to, I'm not amazing. <laughs> I'm not amazing at all. I thought I was. That one don't work either. You know what that is? That's the left and the right. Old man talking. He's faithful. He's amazing. I received that freely. I'll just take you. You see the difference? Well, Paul sets his mode like that. He said, I'm going after that, and we came up with this in this one of our first meetings here, and we get down to verse um, uh, 16. I'm going to have to make these bigger. <laughs> he says, nevertheless, let us live up to this standard that you have already attained. Man, I remember that a few weeks ago. The Lord's like, do you see the standard? And I said, Because I, I used to read that all as one sentence, that this is the standard you've already attained. He put a, like a pause between standard and that you have already attained. And I said, so this is the standard. Arr, stop. You have already attained. Now listen to me. This is the standard. I'm not, I'm not trying to attain. I'm not trying to get somewhere right now. You have already attained. This is a standard that you have already attained. This is the standard. The standard of the gospel is, I'm not, okay, if we could get these 14 different postulates right, and I could get all this economic thing right, and I could say just the right thing to somebody to turn them this way, or I could make this thing go this way, or if I could hold on to this thing this way, I could get all these little things in order, finally, I would have attained. No, that's not what it says. The standard is, you have already attained. <laughs> when Christ is your righteousness, now you have attained. Now, what difference does that make? Every difference. Because everything else is built out of a mechanism of the law. Because now, if I could put 18 different principles in place, I got tired of it. I was hearing sermons and stuff, three points in a poem. I couldn't take it, I couldn't take it anymore. If you get these three character things right, you'll finally arrive. Anybody else ever heard that? And then we'll have a poem. And it'll be a nice doxology and whatever, and you leave there and nothing changes. It's like, no, stop trying to character adjust yourself every day. Look to him. Boom, done complete. I'm complete right now. I can't be any better or do any better than what I am right now because of his faithfulness, but not because of mine. 
I'm not beating a dead horse. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. I will say it till I, d I won't die. Just going right on through glorification. It's time to not die. <laughs> it's, it's time for transformation. It's time complete. It's time for incarnation. It's time for transformation. It's time for transfiguration. But here, like, I want to teach on transfiguration and glorification really bad because it's an assignment here. But I know from the Lord that if I don't deliver the gospel message, we'll never get to glorification. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the mechanism by which glorification, sanctification happens. Yeah, so if I don't say something about that, and I tell you of all the glories that are coming to the human nature and what's coming for us, I can do all that. And I don't tell you how you get there, then it's just pie in the sky. What about daily life? What about living every day? So the Lord says, you know, do it this way. Well, okay. So first of all, the standard. Let us live, let us live with this mind that you have already attained. Well, the next week we got in here and then the word came out and I shared it last week. You can listen to it about Sonder. And, and Sonder is something my daughters were teaching me. It's the, it's the ability to realize that someone around you is living a complex and significant life that's completely off narrative from yours. Uh, they were showing me that Lydia and Elizabeth that they had found Sonder with certain people. They said it's like your eyes are open into like 15 or 30 seconds and you realize the capacity, someone else is going through something that you're not going through and it's significant to them and your eyes are open for a brief pause and then it closes back up and you realize they have a significance in their life. And I said, I don't really understand that that well. And then they gave me some examples. I started saying, oh yeah, that has happened. But for... Those of us that have been more like me there have been completely self-absorbed. That's the only reason why I'm a preacher. Because <laughs> he always picks out the worst guy. <laughs> so, uh, sorry for all you preachers, but that's what he does. You know, that guy don't get it at all, so I'm going to select them. And then when they get it, they'll know the difference. And Sonder, though, is, is to see into someone else and care deeply or to, ex to experience what they're going through. And the Lord said to me, he said, I want to have Sonder, I want you to commit Sonder with me. He's living a complex life right now that's very interesting, apart from ours, that he wants to have it to be a part of our life. God has a storyline that's going on right now outside of space-time. And he wants to interact with you inside of space-time together and have Sonder. What happens, I, I was driving back from Charlotte I was sharing this with Kara uh, a couple weeks ago. I'll try to do the best I can with this. Jesus said, he said, the glory that I, how do he put it? In John 17, he said, glorify thou me as I glorify you. And the Lord's like, when you meditate on me and my glory alone, what Paul's going after, he said, go for broke on this, go for zero on this. He said, when you do that, my glory operates through you. Do you understand? I, I didn't, and this transfer truck pulls right, and, or we're coming up on a transfer truck, and on the back of it, it says, no distractions, just me and you. 
And then the song we're listening to says, me and you. And I said, I know what you're saying. You're saying you want full, connected intimacy. Paul is saying, listen, if you want to have any philosophy of life, I mean, even if you lose everything, go all in for him. Go for Sonder. So we have the standard I've already attained. That's still based in me. Then we have Sonder. It's all based in him. Then last week he said, now I will spring forth. Why? Because you believe that you've already attained, one. You're trusting me daily for my righteousness imparted, imputed to you. Two, you're more interested in me now than you are in you. I want you to be more interested in me than you are in yourself. Because the glory of God trumps the redemption of man. God's glory is greater than our own redemption. And we're very interested in our own redemption, but his glory is greater. He said, transfer your eyes up and saunder with me. My glory, my storyline is greater than yours. But what is so strange about this is when you go all in for him like that, you know what he does? He goes all in for himself in you. <laughs> and he springs forth. And today, the shadow, destiny is born. Do you see how that works? Well, in context of Philippians 3, is Philippians 2. And um, uh, Nathan over here, he brought this up to me last week, and it, it really struck me. He said, so you, you believe in kenosis, Carol? And I said, absolutely. And he said, the self-emptying. And I said, yes. Yes, and um, it's, it's used in Philippians 2. And, and I, I want to bring this out this morning because what are we doing? We're widening the context. So Paul's entering into this, and now he says, now let me open the context up to you a little bit more. Listen, listen to this in Philippians 2, verse 1. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort provided by love, any fellowship in the Spirit, any affection or mercy, complete my joy and be of the same mind. Having the same love, being united in Spirit, and having one purpose— Instead of being motivated by selfish ambition or vanity, each of you in humility be moved to treat one another as more important than yourself. It's okay for you to love yourself for your own sake, but it's equally important for you to love someone else for their own sake when you derive nothing from it. That's Sonder. Listen, hear this again. I, I read this in the house of Tom Bombadil. It's equally important for you to love or allow God to love himself in you. That's important. You can't always be someone that's being ran over or that doesn't, you know, like you're a map. That, you know, someone just runs right over you. You need to take time for you. You do. You need time for yourself. But it's just as equally important to Love someone else for their own sake when it, you derive nothing from it. I thank my wife because she's taught me this more than anybody. She's been the model of this to me. They struggle with it more than anything. To love someone else for their own sake when she derived nothing from it. I've seen her do it over and over and over again. Love someone else when you derive nothing from it for their own sake. Again, that we would be loved 
but we would also love someone else for their own sake when we derive nothing from it. Paul says, don't be motivated by selfish ambition or vanity. In humility, be moved to treat one another more important than yourselves. Each of you, again, should not be concerned about your own interest, but about the interest of others as well. You should have the same attitude toward one another that Christ Jesus had. And I, I love this about Jesus. I, who, though he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped. Do you know that the Christian church got in a big war basically over this? 1054, it split the Western and the Eastern church apart because the Eastern Orthodox church believes and puts more emphasis on the humanity of Jesus. And the Western church puts more emphasis on divinity. And they, they had this conflict because this conflict goes on inside of, of us. And I, I want to make set something straight about this because it's really important that you get this. Jesus wasn't using a trump card because he was God's son when he was born into this world. He never did. He didn't take a divine trump card and say, I'm God, you're not, and I can get over these obstacles in my life. He never did that. that is, that's what it is saying here. Even though he's equal with God, he didn't make himself or put forth a reputation of equality to grasp at a right to power. He reserved all that and held it all back. And you know, you've heard me preach this. He put his hands behind his back. He said, I won't grasp for power. I won't grasp to be known. I won't grasp for actually what's rightfully his. He never would. He, even though it was his, he would never go and get it. He didn't, he didn't have an entitlement mentality at all, even though he was completely and fully entitled. Jesus had the full entitlement of the Father, and he never reached out and grasped. Most of us, where we've experienced brokenness in our life, is when we grasp for our own right at the expense of another. It's hurt other people and it's hurt ourselves. It's, it's my right. And then it wounds the other person and it creates a barrier inside of us and hurts us so deeply because someone used us or manipulated us for their own good. And Jesus never did this. Listen, you hear this. He didn't take his equality as something to be grasped at. He put his hands behind his back. Because our philosophy of life, if it's not going to be comfort and pleasure, and we're going to go for Paul's mindset here, he goes for it a different way. Now listen, he said, he emptied himself. I Man, I've hated this. I hated going for broke, man. Y'all, y'all, I, I thought this is the most foolish thing. I'm going, for, the word is saying, go for zero. I'm like, no, no, I got to keep a... Uh, I got to keep my account at least with $5 in it. <laughs> no, go for zero in your accounts. Go for zero in your relationships. Go for, go for zero. I'm like, I do not understand this at all for years. Keep your hands behind your back. Don't grasp for anything. Y'all know what I'm saying? You ever tried to just go hold on to your reputation? You ever tried to defend your position? You ever, you ever like... 
Notice that your account's going down, 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 down. You don't know what you're going to do, and you're going to go try to make it happen. Put the bricks. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, i got to get this thing ready. i got to get this ready. i got to get this right. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Uh, Paul's saying go for zero. No, that can't be right. That seems wrong to me. No, go for zero because he says here, he emptied himself. This is this word, kenosis. God, Jesus, made a way that he did things. He went for this. I'm not going to grasp, and I'm going to empty myself. I'm running everything to zero. I don't have a, I don't have a uh, plush fund, and I don't have, I don't have, I've run myself completely out of everything. He also says, I didn't take on the form of God. I came on the form of a servant. So I'm not going to just go for broke. I'm going to, in myself emptying, give myself to others. Do you know, I don't know, y'all know this. It is really easy to be nice when everything's going good. But it is really tough when you have nothing to go on. But what if you could get to a point where it's not? What if you're so looking at Jesus and you have nothing in this world to go on and right there he is and he's everything? I would suggest to you today that that is the function of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't grab for power, reputation, I don't do any of that. I allow him to empty me completely out of everything. And I say, Lord, feel me. I say, Lord, my cup's empty. And he's, I say, I don't, I don't have anything left. He says, I do. I've got a reservoir. I've got a fountain. I've got rivers of living water flowing out of me. I'll fill you to capacity. Run it out again and see if I won't come through for you again. Run it out again. Run it out again. Run it out again. Run it out again. And I tell you of the truth, I know this, and I, I know this because he let me cut my teeth on it. Kenosis is the path. The self-emptying, non-grasping individual is the path. That is what Deverne Fromke called the enrolled cross. And that cross, when it centers in on your soul, oh man, you know, it's glorious. It's so freeing. No self-justification anymore. No trying to get your name in lights. No trying to make yourself something. No, no, no. You're going the other direction. And now he and his glory shining through. Now it's him. It's not you. It's all him. He's filling you and transmitting himself through you. And he's solving everything through you, for you, and by you. He goes so far that he said, I'll go to the death for this. I don't even love my life to the death. I'm willing to die for love. Hey, don't get stuck there. Listen, hear me out this morning because it was because he took on this position, no philosophy, Jesus did. God exalted him. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said it this way, exaltation through humiliation. Look at yonder gore, God is groaning on a tree. 
I remember years ago reading that, and my heart broke then, and the tears started to flow. <laughs> Look what you did. You modeled what true humanity is. Quintessential man is this. Exaltation through humiliation. Look, at yonder gourd, God's groaning on a tree. Where's he at now? Where's the man who chose not to grasp? Where is the one who went for broke and went zero? Where is the one who laid his complete life down, seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for us right now? Let's all stand together. Where is he? Where is he? He's interceding for you and me that we would come into the same mind that he has now. The Enron cross, the power of the blood, that Jesus would live his life through us even now. Hey, let's get rid of the philosophy of man that I'm seeking for comfort and pleasure. Let's get rid of that ideology and say, Jesus, I'll take your faithfulness over my own. I'll take your life over my own. I'm not trying to make my own life anymore. I want your life in me. I want your hope in me. I need you, Lord, like never before. I've got family issues. I've got financial issues. I've got health-related issues. I need you. I'm just going to take my whole life right now and just give it to you today. Today, right now. I have to do this every day, every day. It's a returning back and believing and saying, I trust you and your faithfulness. And in that way, salvation comes. He's the God who saved yesterday, today, and forever. He's that God. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. A joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Where life radiates out of me. My identity is in Christ. My identity, I'm not trying to do a subculture anymore and uh, build my own idea of myself and my own meta-narrative. And No, no, no. No, I give up on the whole thing. I don't want it. I want you. I want you, Lord. I want you to be my value. I want you to be my highest, highest and greatest treasure. You are the great reward of the ages. Look coming after you because you first came after me and you're coming after me and I'm coming after you no distractions just me and you just me and you just me and you just me and you eyes fixed eyes fixed on the Lord I'm tired of liabilities and the law I'm tired of judgment I'm tired of the judgment and judging others I'm tired of judging myself I say you've already been judged on a tree and I take you as my own Give me the Enron cross. Let the cross be right in the middle of my being. Right here, right now, Lord. I know you exalt those who choose his path. The path of kenosis, the path of the self-emptying, the path of no grasping. No grasping for what is even rightfully mine. It's going to come in time. Your destiny is born is coming forth even now. The Lord said to my Lord, sing till I make your enemies your footstool. 
to the Lord are looking at you right now, right at even in this meeting, coming down and shining his light on you right now. of the ages. I kept trying to be a plus one or a plus two or a plus 100. When you said just come to zero, come to the place where you can do nothing of yourself. You can make, you can't make a name for yourself and you can't do anything for yourself. I thought that was the wrong path. No, that's the path I'm bringing you to. Don't resist me, says the Lord. And when I was at zero, I thought if I could just grab it what I wanted. And he said, no, all sin is like that. Just put your hands behind your back and let me have it. I'll give you love like you've never experienced before. I'll give you relationship like you've never known before. I'll take care of your needs like you've never been taken care of before. Just let me have you. I'll take care of your family. I'll take care of your brokenness. And I'll heal you. Stephen sings us up. You can come forward for communion, and we'll take communion together.
God so loved. We've heard it so many times, but he does. He so loved the whole world. But he gave up his most prized son. We meant everything to him for us. That we don't have to perish. That we can have the most abundant, full life you could ever have. A life you don't have to pick for yourself anymore. A life that he wants to just give you. A life of greeting and a life of favor. A life of goodness and a life of joy. Does it remove hardship? No. It would be a liar to tell you that you're not going to face adversity in your life. But oh, how sweet. Oh, how sweet. Oh, how sweet it is with him. How, how filled with joy it is. Even in the tough places, he's with us. He's an ever-present he sticks closer than a brother. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's not wearing us with condemnation, but yes, with conviction. A conviction to really, really know and be known who he is. Glorious. He took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. that he went through. Listen, guys. I want to say this again. Paul said it. He said, if there was no resurrection, we would be a people utmost miserable. He is exalted in royal majesty right now. And you know what? So are you. So are you. You're his. Believe it. That's why he said this is the blood of not the old covenant, but the new. The brand new for you today. The brand new. I'm not returning in my mindset back to the old. I'm returning to the brand new. The newness of the relationship. The newness of life. I'm returning to new. That's it, and I won't accept anything else but new. The blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you. I do this in remembrance of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and may you have peace. Amen. Bless you today. Chest is full of hope, 
and a dress and veil as snow and he said he'd come for me he'd know when I'm ready and my heart is aching for the coming Get ready now. I must get ready now. I must get ready now. For behold, my bridegroom comes. Oh, I must get ready now. I'm 